Hey folks, and welcome to the 23rd episode of I Bleed Pinstripes and what could be considered the final uh, regular season podcast for the New York Yankees. Uh, and as, it, as most of you know, who do know me, <laughs> uh, my favorite ball player of all time is number 23, the first baseman, Don Mattingly. Um, and as I've done for a little while, I take you back to see who's worn that number in the past few notable names. Uh, Tony Lazari wore it in 1932. Fenton Mole, 1949. Archie Wilson, 51. Uh, let's see, Ralph Terry from 59 to 64. Uh, Jim Brenneman from 1965. Let's see here. Uh, Oscar Gamble actually wore it in 76. He also wore number 18, I believe. Uh, Stan Thomas in 77. Damaso Garcia in 78. Louis Tion actually wore it in 79 and 80. And Barry Foote from 81 to 82. And obviously, the man who wore it last, and nobody will ever wear it again in Yankee history, Don Mattingly, the captain, best mustache of the 80s and 90s. Wore it from 84 to 95, and the number, again, will never be worn again. Love the guy, and I'm not a big fan of the Dodgers. I'm not a big fan of the Dodger team at all, but I will be pulling for Don Mattingly if they win. Um, so, yeah, folks, uh, the season's over. Certainly a disappointment here, um, but a lot to go over, a lot to go over. Since we last spoke, the Yankees had nine games remaining on uh, the season, so I'm going to start there. Uh, the Yankees had uh, the Giants, and for the, uh, the Giants making their first trip into the new Yankee Stadium, I think the last time they were in town was 2003. And if I do remember correctly, Barry Bonds hit a bomb as far into the right field upper deck as I've ever seen off Roger Clemens. It was a sight to behold. Um, and uh, that was the last time they were here. They come back, a disappointing season for the defending champions. Uh, they have won two out of three, so you can't feel too bad for them. Uh, but uh, the Yankees would play these three games. They were still in it at this moment, uh, holding on. But uh, after losing those two out of three in Toronto, uh, there wasn't a lot of hope. Well, the Yankees won that first game, the Friday night game, 5-1. to one. Uh, I believe Ivan Nova pitched a fant. Actually, no, I forgot who pitched. I think it was CeCe. And it was CeCe's last game of the season uh, after this game we found out. Actually, a few days later, we found out that he had a hamstring uh, pulled his hamstring, so he was shut down. Um, but he pitched a fine game, went seven innings in this one. Uh, the big hit was uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Cockrod, as I like to call him. Uh, he hit a grand slam, his 23rd of his career, which broke the record that he held with a man who is he is nothing like, Lou Gehrig. Uh, 
and uh, amazing that uh, Alex all year had not come to the plate with the bases loaded and finally got one there. Uh, the Yankees would win it five to one, and then the next day they would win again six to nothing. Ivan Nova going all the way on that one, and uh, he's been real great. And we really need him to be a number two guy next year, if not a number one. He's got the stuff. He's got the looks for it. So hopefully we've got one and two sealed for next year. And CC, we hope to have a good bounce back year from the big man. Remember, he did have a bit of a surgery, so there's a bit of adjustment. And if you look at his numbers, if you look at his walks to strikeout ratio, they're still excellent. And so you, you got to figure, you know, he's a good pitcher and he can pitch without so much on his fastball. But we'll see. On the 22nd, which was an emotional day at Yankee Stadium, um, at the end of the day, I guess the game didn't really matter, but the Yankees lost this one 2-1. to one. And uh, before this series began, we, we got the announcement that Andy Pettit would be retiring, so this would be Andy's last start at home. Uh, he was excellent. I believe he went 6 or 7 in this one, had a no-hitter through 6. Uh, the Yankees couldn't score. That Obviously, they couldn't score, had lots of opportunities, uh, but they would lose this one 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, the big news, though, from this day was that it was Mariano Rivera Day, and uh, what a day it was. Uh, the Yankees uh, would start the ceremonies off in Monument Park, where uh, Jackie Robinson's widow, Rachel, and his daughter were there. Uh, 42, obviously, has been retired all over baseball. In the Yankees, if you go into Monument Park, there was a blue Dodger 42 at the end of the row of all the numbers. That was taken down. And the Yankees put a plaque on the wall all by itself to honor Jackie Robinson. Really great moment. And then they went over and then they unfurled the new 42 in pinstripes that was retired. I think maybe one of the first guys to ever have his number retired and he's still playing. Um, Metallica would also uh, show up and they would play Enter Sandman. I believe they gave him some... uh, I forgot what they gave him. I know he got a guitar from the Giants that was uh, signed by Metallica and I think designed by Metallica. I think they also gave him some custom amps. I know Moe's going to be rocking out to that. Uh, he say, he's always said that he he's obviously loves Christian music, but he said uh, they asked him what was the most surprising part of the day, and he said that you know Metallica being there was pretty cool. Um, a lot of old Yankees were there. John Wetland, Jeff Nelson, uh, Stick Gene Michael, um, Jorge Posada, Tino Martinez, Paul O'Neill. I think David Cohn was down there. Uh, Mariano's family were there. All the Steinbrenners. Uh, and, I, and, you know, he got a couple other things. The Yankees gave him a rocking chair, uh, donation to his foundation. And I think, I, I'm just speculating, but I can imagine that uh, the Yankees were told to sort of tone it down maybe by Mo and saying, hey, you know, I've got so much, like, you don't need to go crazy. I know when uh, Gene Monahan during his final year, the Yankees gave him a big old truck. They gave him a trip around the world. Mariano's made a lot of money. He doesn't need that much. But it was a really great day. The crowd was amazing. Again, sadly, the Yankees lost the game because it was still a you know important game, but they lost it. And so, uh, yeah, the Yankees had an off day that Monday, the 23rd, and then they had the Rays coming in for three. They really would need to have to sweep all these games. I went to uh, the first game on Tuesday um, with my girlfriend, Amanda, and uh, it was a strange night. We got there early because it was Mariano Rivera bobblehead day, and it's usually not something I go crazy about, but I was like, we got to get there early. So we get there at uh, about 4 o'clock, 
we're on we're in gate four we're really in good spot i'm like there's you know there there's only eighteen thousand that they're handing out so i think we're in a good spot uh the gates open at five and uh, by the time the gates did open it wouldn't be till about five twenty because the bobbleheads had never shown up so it was in traffic or whatever happened it broke down the truck whatever um so the yankees instead gave us vouchers when we came in and uh during the third inning, it was announced that the bobbleheads had arrived and that you should go down to gate two to go pick it up. Well, we started, the game was pretty horrible. The Yankees would lose this one 7 nothing, so there wasn't much to see on the field. About the fourth or fifth inning, we got up and just said, hey, let's walk around. And we noticed this huge line in the upper deck. I sit up in 431A. Huge line. I asked this guy, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I'm waiting to get my bobblehead. And I'm like, What? And I guess this line was going all the way down up from the upper deck. It, it, I'm in the I'm on the left field side, so this was this line was going all the way down to the to the uh, first base side by the foul pole, then winding downstairs. <laughs> it was it was crazy. But I, never once did I say I'm going to wait on this line. I've already got my voucher, so I know that I'm getting a bobblehead, whether I pick it up today or not. Um, but it was a weird, strange night and. You know, I, I heard of people waiting an hour, hour and a half, two hours. You know, I don't go to Yankee Stadium to wait online for things. I like to go to the ball game to watch a ball game. If I want to go and sit around and fool around at a ball game, I'll go to a Mets game. That's where I do my stuff that I normally don't do at Yankee Stadium. Um, but it was just a a joke. Uh, but the Yankees the next day would take care of, of matters, and they um, they said that anybody who who did have a voucher and uh, who had not already picked it up would be able to pick it up these next two games, Wednesday and Thursday, the two last games of the regular season at the stadium. And they would be able to also redeem their tickets for a game next year, which I thought was very nice. So the Yankees did handle it afterwards pretty well. Um, unfortunately, the next night, that Wednesday night, game two of the series versus the Rays, the Yankees would lose again. And, uh, it would uh, pretty much put the nail in the coffin for the season as that would uh, eliminate them from the playoffs. They would lose it 8-3. to three. And uh, for the first time uh, since 1993, the Yankees would play a home game that meant nothing. And uh, But it, in essence, it didn't mean anything because it would be the last game Mariano Rivera would ever pitch at Yankee Stadium. And as we find out after the weekend uh, in, in Houston, it would be the last game he would ever pitch in his career. And... Um, you know, it's rare that you go to a Yankee game, it seems these days, where people are not leaving or are all leaving, maybe in the sixth or seventh inning. Hey, honey, let's go. You know, or hey, guys, hey, Yankees got this one. Or, oh, man, we're not coming back. Let's get out of here. Got an early day. But come eighth inning, everybody was in their seats. And uh, that's what happened. Eighth inning, I believe with one out, Mariano Rivera was summoned and the crowd just went nuts. Goosebumps. I mean, it was a, a sight to see. Mariano, there were runners on base. He would get those final two outs, and then he would come back in for the ninth. And uh, in the ninth, after getting the first two outs, all of a sudden you see two guys walking to the mound, and you see Andy Pettit and Derek Jeter coming out, and you can see what's going on. They're, they're going to take him out of the game. And so Andy Pettit calls for the right-hander, which was pretty great. And uh, if you can you can notice Jeter say, you know, you're, it's time to go. And uh, as he, uh, as Mariano knew what was going on, knew that this would be his last time. He sort of broke down and then just put his uh, face into Andy Pettit. They hugged and what seemed like forever. 
and um, it was just a very emotional uh, moment. Um, I probably watched it about 10 times <laughs> since then. Now, the crowd was just nuts. Uh, the place was as loud as it's ever been in the new stadium. It sounded like the old stadium, which was great. Um, but it was sad to see Mo go, and uh, he would hug Jeter, and then he would leave to a rousing ovation. He'd come out one more time for a standing ovation. Um, and then between innings, the crowd would uh, started chanting, Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit, and then Pettit would come out to a rousing ovation. Uh, it was just an amazing night. It, it'll be a night that I never forget um, for as long as I live. It was just, you know, Mariano Vera, I've been so lucky to just watch his whole career, and uh, it's just a, an honor. It was really an honor to be able to watch that guy pitch for so long and what he did and at what a level he did it at and to leave still as one of the best pitch, uh, one of the best closers in baseball, if not the best, is a, a testament to him. Not too many guys, you can say, left at the height of their career. I mean, his career never petered out, never went down. You know, it was always pretty solid. Um, it was a really great night. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can compare it to was uh, 99. I was at the uh, game, I was at game four of the world series, saw the Yankees win, had some of the best seats I ever had in Yankee Stadium. And that was pretty amazing. Uh, I hate to say uh, also in 99, uh, Pedro Martinez struck out 17 Yankees. I was at that game, and it was just a. I remember the crowd just sort of filing out, sort of begrudgingly, like, "Wow, what we just saw something impressive," but sort of not going to be tipping the cap to you know <laughs> Red Sox. It was an amazing game. It's a game that I won't forget. Um, the Bernie Williams walk off, I think, also in '99. I guess I off of Rod Beck in the playoffs. That was pretty amazing, and hearing hearing that crowd singing "New York, New York" at the top of their lungs was amazing. Um, but uh, we're gonna miss Mo. I'm certainly gonna miss him. I mean, you know, I hope they give the ball to David Robertson and then let him get the chance to see what he can do for next year. I think he's deserved a chance to be that guy. Um, the Yankees would go down to uh, Houston. Well, I think the Astros had already lost 12 in a row. <laughs> they were so bad. But uh, lots of Yankee fans there, uh, which is always great. Uh, the Yankees would sweep the series. Uh, they'd win on uh, Friday night 3-2. to two. They would win on Saturday 2-1. to one, And they would win on Sunday 5-1, to one, a game that went into the 14th inning. I guess, as they said, the baseball gods did not want Pettit or Mo to go. Um but uh, it was really the Saturday ball game that was amazing. It was Andy Pettit's last start of his career. And amazingly, he would go on to win this ball game, a complete game. <laughs> he hadn't thrown a complete game, I think, since 2003, 2004. I know I'm wrong on that, whatever it was. It was a long time. And for him to end his career that way was just phenomenal. Uh, Andy's always been a great guy, and uh, he's always been a bulldog. Not the best pitcher in the world but not, certainly not the worst. Uh, and uh, he's certainly a borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, I always tip my cap. Uh, the greatest game I saw Andy Pettit pitch was Game 5, 96 World Series, one nothing ball game. And that guy with that hat, that brim down, glove in his face was, you know, I, I never bit my nails so much watching a ball game. It was so tense. Watched that with my friend Cammie, and it was just... We were just at the edge of our seats. One of the greatest ball games I've ever seen. Uh, Luis Polonia would hit a ball uh, to right field that, uh, 
that Paul O'Neill would track down after he was moved over, I think, by Jose Cardinal, who had just moved him over slightly. And uh, what a great win that was. And uh, obviously the Yankees would a couple nights later win their first World Series since nineteen since 1978. And uh, that place that night was a great night. And where I was was just one of the best nights ever. And, uh, you know, when a fan base hasn't won that long, you know, you, you get those amazing crowds. And that and the 96 was just amazing, those playoff. And 95 when Mattingly hits the home run. uh I think in the seventh or the eighth inning, and the, the announcer goes, "Hold on to your hats. This place is going to explode." Um, just great moments, and I, you know, it was a tough season. I, let's see, the Yankees would end their season eighty-five and seventy-seven, twelve games behind the Red Sox. Amazing. Uh, they were forty-six and thirty-five at home. Not the best record at home. When you compare the Red Sox were 53 and 28. Actually, Atlanta had the best record at home, 56 and 25. Um, and the Yankees did not play well on the road this year. For 39 and 42. They always say you got to play 500 on the road. And uh, the big thing, they, they did not score that many runs. And they actually had a minus 21 differential this year, which is very un-Yankee-like. Uh, if you look at the, let's see. If you look at the Red Sox, they scored the most runs in baseball, 853, and the Yankees scored 650. And a big part of that was that the Yankees hit almost over, I think, about 100 less home runs than they did. So right there, I mean, they would, they that's, you know, winning probably about 10, 15 more games. Um, so a lot of work to do on the offseason. And, uh, you know, it looks like the Yankees do want George already back and, uh, I'm certainly one who wants him back because anybody who says, hey, I don't want Girardi back. Well, who do you want? Because there's really no I can't think of anybody out there that I would say, God, I want that guy. In years past, I could maybe, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I could see that guy coming here. But there really isn't anybody out there. And Joe Girardi, I mean, look what he had to deal with this year to keep the team where where it had to be. You know, keeping it in the race till, you know, four, five games left in the season is pretty amazing with this team and this roster this year. 85 and 77. I think they had most people on the disabled list. They had the most players ever on the roster this year, about 55, 56. Uh, and they really just pieced things together. They ended up in third in a third place tie with the Baltimore. And of course, Toronto, usually at the bottom as well, 74 and 88. Houston, with the most losses this year, lost 111 games, and they finished the season losing their last 15. Um, so things could be worse, folks. Um, like I said, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, I would hope that Robbie Cano does get signed, but not for $300 million like he wants. That's just nuts. He wants 10-year, $300 million. I mean, do you know what organization you're playing for after what the Yankees have gone through with Alex Rodriguez? I, I, can, I can't imagine. If anything, he should get something on par to what Pedroia got. Seven years, whatever, $20 million he got. Hey, fine, we'll do that. Uh, as it stands now, the Yankee payroll for next year is about $100 million. Um, if A-Rod, is, is, uh, his suspension is upheld, that 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 $25 million will come off the books and the Yankees will be down to $75 million and, and then I think they can play and do some things. But they've got to be smart and they've got to start getting the minor league s system into shape because they are not producing. I know that uh, the AA team won their league this year and there's some good guys on there, but 
you know, these guys are hit and miss. You can never tell. But if the Cardinals can consistently, if you go look at the Cardinals um, roster, half of these guys I don't even know. But if you look at their numbers, they're fantastic. And most of them are all from the Cardinals organization. They just continue to produce you know, if you look at the A's, obviously they've been doing it for years, but what a, what a team this year, 96 and 66, second best record in the American League. That's it's fantastic. That's amazing. If not, I think the fourth best record in baseball. What one? No, the, the, the third, third best record in baseball tied with Atlanta. That's amazing. It's just amazing. And Atlanta is really not in that good of a division. You know, with Washington. Washington did pull it together at the end. They ended up 86 and 76, 10 out. Uh, the Mets, 74 and 88, 22 out. And the Mets, if you're a Mets fan, you got $25 million committed to next year on the payroll. So the Mets need to step it up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a crazy year. Uh, if you don't know, Atlanta, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and the Dodgers are all in. Uh, and Pittsburgh uh, beat out Cincinnati uh, the other night. I think they beat them 5-1. to one. Former Yankee Russell Martin with two home runs. I'm rooting so hard for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh will now play St. Louis, which who they've played tough all year, and the Dodgers in Atlanta will be going at it. So I'm certainly hoping for Pittsburgh Dodgers right there, and uh, I'll take Pittsburgh all the way. But if the Dodgers do get in, like I said, I, I can't root against Don Mattingly. Um, and the American League, Boston, Tampa, Detroit, Cleveland, and Oakland. Uh, last night, Tampa Bay beat Cleveland, I believe it was 5 4 nothing, 5 nothing. Uh, Nick Swisher continues his postseason, uh, what will we call that, uh, slump. <laughs> uh, but hey, nobody hit on that team. And Tampa Bay just keeps doing it. I mean, another model franchise of how you do things right in baseball. It's not about how much money you spend. And I think people should have always known that. It really isn't about how much money you spend. Because you still need to spend your money correctly if you have all the money in the world. Yankees used to do that very well in the late 90s. Uh, If you look at those teams in the late 90s, mostly all trades, rarely a free agent. The Yankees, I think, picked up one free agent one big major free agent was Mike Stanton that they picked up. That's amazing. You look at those rosters, and they did great jobs with trades, with guys coming up, and they need to get back to that. They need to get back to the Yankee way of doing things, not the stupid Randy Levine way of doing things. And you need to let Brian Cashman do his job. That's what he's there for. He's a baseball man. Randy Levine is not a baseball man. He's a, you know, he came from the Giuliani administration. He's the president. He handles the money and makes sure that everything is running smooth. And that's what he should be doing. He shouldn't be getting involved in the baseball matters of everyday baseball matters. Anyway, uh, so we've got, I believe it'll be Boston and Tampa. That's going to be fun. Uh, Two teams that do not like each other and two teams that know each other very well. So that will be a fun series. The only bad part for me, I hate watching games in Tampa Bay. It is such a boring place. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the fans show up down there. Uh, And then we have Detroit and Oakland. Uh, That should also be fun. I think they played last year in the playoffs, which was a great series. That went five. I think Detroit, yes, because they went to the World Series, prevailed in that series. But I'll certainly be – I got a lot of Detroit friends out there. And uh, I love the Tigers. I love Jimmy Leland. But uh, I will be pulling hard for Oakland. Love those fans, uh, what they did last year, and and how the fans – and the team came together was amazing, and I, and it's something that the Yankees are missing right now. 
It was a mal- such a malaise. <laughs> I hope I'm using that word, but it's such, you know, I guess when you win all the time, it's just, ugh, you, you know, you're not going to have that feeling again. 2009 was great, and it was, you know, I can say that it, it was a good feeling to win again, but I guess when you win, it just sort of gets boring after a while, which is weird because that's what you want your team to do is to win, win, win. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's what's going on folks. Uh, right now Yankees are, you know, it's disappointing, but you know what I'm going to, I, and as I've ever since I was a kid, I've watched the playoffs, whether the Yankees are in it or not. And, you know, I'm 42. So growing up in the eighties, Yankees, except for, you know, 81, you know, 82 on, I mean, I watched the playoffs. I, I used to always watch these teams and go, God, I wish my team was in this. But I got to, I think that's where my appreciation for baseball came through and that I love the game. So I'll be sitting back and watching these playoffs. And the good thing, the only good thing really is that I don't have to stress out. <laughs> you know, the, these playoffs can be stressful. You stay up all night and it's nice to just kind of look back a little bit and not have to worry about that. Uh, and the Yankees will retool and hopefully they'll do a good job of that. I can't imagine this team not going, you know, not being very good next year. I can't imagine that. And I hope that doesn't happen. Anyway, guys, I am out of here, but I will be back. I think I'll be back next week. I want to stay in tune with the playoffs. I love the playoffs, like I said. So I'll probably be doing a podcast here and there, um, you know, after each series is done or whatever, or something exciting is going on, if I've got something to say. Anyway, guys, it's been a fabulous year doing this podcast and I hope to do it more regularly. I hope next year we can get some guests on. That would be a lot of fun. I'd love to have some guests on because it's not easy, I think, talking to myself. (laughs) I feel like sometimes, not that I'm talking to myself, but it's good to have somebody else here. Uh, You know, uh, I'm not Mike Francesa. I don't want to be a big fat guy just saying, you know, and I don't think that I am doing that. I think I come off as trying to be a reasonable guy and Anyway, guys, thanks again for listening. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Please check out the Facebook page. Send me emails. Please tell me what I'm doing wrong because I know I'm doing lots wrong. But uh, I know I'm doing some good stuff. But, uh, you know, we hope to uh, hope to expand in this next year. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll do some remotes next year. Uh, Technology has taken us to great places. So anyway, again, thanks a lot. Love you guys. And I will see you soon. Bye. So just to let you know, if you want to get in touch with us, you should, uh, there's a couple ways. Uh, you can either email us at tellsumo at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at iBleedPinstripe or check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash iBleedPinstripes. Or you can go to our blog, which is at www. You already should know that. Uh, iBleedPinstripes.com. There you go. Presentation of Hatfield Digital.